Today's advanced training. Okay. I am going to talk to you guys this morning about EQ, which is um, our emotional quotient, um, is what EQ stands for, for those of you that haven't heard the terminology before. Um, many of you maybe have heard the term IQ, intellectual quotient. You know, there's tests they give in school and supposedly based upon your IQ should determine how well you can or cannot do in school. Um, that's not always the truth. And um, for sure, for any of you that have lived for a while, you probably know that just because someone has an IQ doesn't ensure success when they get out into the world or start uh, attempting to um, accomplish something. Um, there's so many other factors, you know, we've heard talked about grit this morning, um, so many other factors. Well, one of those for sure is um, what a lot of um, has been more popular popularly talked about is the emotional quotient that our ability to understand and communicate our emotions and the emotions of other people and how that helps us be successful so this is a key and important topic and um, to understand and to work at and grow in in this business because our ability to um, to understand ourselves and connect and relate to clients and agents very much will in, um, impact our success here. However, I do want to say this, that our emotional quotient for each of us should be an individual race. This isn't so much a comparison or as if any of us ever truly arrive. We're all constantly striving and working just to improve upon these things. So keep that in mind as we're going. I don't want anyone, as we talk through these things, feeling um, less than. I want you to feel encouraged, like, hey, I can improve in these things. And by the end of this this um, discussion this morning, I'm hoping that you really can find one specific point or something that you want to work on that will help you get more forward progress and momentum. So let's get going here with the advanced training. So how to increase your EQ. Strange may seem they give ball players nowadays very peculiar names. Funny names? Nicknames, pet not, names. Not as funny as my name, Sebastian Dinwiddie. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Funnier than that? Oh, absolutely, Woo! yes. Now, on the St. Louis team, we have uh, who's on first, what's on second. I don't know who's on third. That's what I want to find out. I want you to tell me the names of the fellas on the St. Louis I'm, team. I'm telling you, who's on first, what's on second. I don't know who's on third. You know the fellas' the names? Yes. Well, then who's playing first? Yes. I mean the fellas' name on first base. Who? The fellow playing first base for St. Louis. Who? The guy on first base. Who is on first? Well, what are you asking me for? I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. Who is on first? I'm asking you who's on first. That's the man's name. That's whose name? Yes. Well, go ahead and tell me. Who? The guy on first. Who? The first base. Who is on first? Have you got a first baseman on first? Certainly. Then who's playing first? Absolutely. When you pay off the first baseman every month, who gets the money? Every dollar of it. Why not? The man's entitled to it. Who is? Yes. So who gets it? Why shouldn't he? Sometimes his wife comes down and collects it. Who's wife? Yes. <laughs> After all, a man earns it. Who does? Absolutely. Well, all I'm trying to find out is what's the guy's name on first base? Oh, no, no. What is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? That's what I'm trying to find out. Well, don't change the players. I'm about. not changing nobody. Take it easy. What's the guy's name on first base? What's the guy's name on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? I don't know. He's on third. We're not talking about him. 
How many of you um, can relate to that sentiment of frustration when you're trying to communicate something and someone just does not hear what you're saying? Um, if any of you are married, you've probably been in those dynamics before. If any of you have children, you've experienced that dynamic. If any of you have staff, your clients, your agents, look, this is real life. Do you understand that the guy who W-H-O, that was his name, that was on first base. But the other guy just kept saying, right, who is on first base? Um, question marks, periods, little things that make big differences in communication. And it's just so easy. I love this diagram because it's so easy for me. Even today, I am trying to, I, 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 this topic makes me feel passionate. And so I want to share my passion with you. I want to communicate to you what I have personally learned so that you can also learn and grow. But it requires me to communicate in a manner that you can understand. So, you know, I can tell you all in my language or, but if I'm not, it, sometimes we're looking at an object and we're both think we're looking at the same thing, but we're just looking at it from two different perspectives. And it can create confusion in our communication. And instead, what happens then is we're frustrated and we're yelling at each other and we're tearing each other down instead of striving to get to the point that we're seeing the same thing. Does that make sense? So that happens, like, for example, with your clients when you're calling and they're telling you, well, they see it differently. You're calling saying, hey, I got a lead. I'm trying to make an appointment. They're, they're receiving your phone call and being like, my life is busy. I don't really need an appointment. I've got, you know, you're, you're looking at the same thing, but you're not, you're not communicating the same message. Um, so for example, what you're trying to do is help your client see why it's important for them to sit down with you. Because what they see is I understand that you want an appointment, but that appointment feels like an inconvenience to me. What you see as the agent is I need an appointment with you in order to protect your family and take care of your family. But it's helping them where you're both looking at that appointment from the same perspective. Now, where we can get in trouble, and this is where we're going to start diving into the five components of EQ, is sometimes the angle we're coming at is I need you to buy insurance because I need money. And so we have to sometimes in this process, it requires us to grow in our EQ and purify the reason why we're reaching out to these clients so we can effectively get on the same page and help move forward. That's what we're going to discuss. So what is EQ? Okay, EQ is the capability of individuals to recognize their own and other people's emotions to discern between different feelings and to label them appropriately, to use emotional information to guide thinking and behavior, to manage and or adjust emotions to adapt to environments or achieve one's goals. There are five key components. We're going to talk about those this morning. In short, it's about being confident that what you think you are communicating is what is being received. So, um, I was talking with a friend in the business yesterday and we were, she was, she, you know, she's um, 
common for making the statement that she doesn't like people, yet she's in a people business. And, you know, we were having this discussion of, you know, it's not that you don't like people. It's just that when we deal with people, we often have to deal with frustration, right? When we're dealing with people and we're trying to communicate, we leave feeling kind of ick or we leave feeling like, they're such morons. Why don't they understand what I'm trying to say? Or we leave feeling like, oh my gosh, those people don't like me. Or we, you know, we, we're always um, projecting or receiving some type of emotional information. And that process, when it's not something that we stop and identify and have a healthy interaction, it prevents us from having healthy relationships or having effective communication which is what we're talking about here this morning, in order to make sales, hire agents, have healthy family relationships. Um, and so, like, I know, for example, just for me, when I'm talking with my children, you know, you know how we are as moms, for those of you that are moms, I am really good, like every other mom, at giving very important, you know, like, speeches. They're very important. But I always, I give them, don't worry, just like everyone else, and my kids are probably tuning out, but I always stop and I go, what did I just say? And I make them repeat back to me what my very important message was. Um, sometimes they can't. They can't repeat it back to me. So what does that say to me? That tells me that I need to adjust my communication. It doesn't tell me that my children are idiotic. It tells, although they can be, but in that moment, it means that I'm not communicating effectively. Um, but that's that same process. Sometimes we need to have our client, you know, repeat back to us, what are you hearing me say when you feel like you're not communicating effectively? Or have your spouse who all of a sudden is reacting strongly, you know, uh, angry with you because of something that you meant from a genuine place in your heart, and now they're mad. Anybody else ever been there? But just stop and go, why, what, what did I say? What did you hear me say? Why are you upset in this moment? So it's about trying to effectively communicate what, we're, what we want to communicate. That person is receiving what I'm saying. Okay. So the first part of this is about self-awareness. Um, for me, self-awareness has really boiled down to I feel like the more I become self-aware, now I'm not going to stand here just because you're teaching a topic. Let's just, let's just put this out there. Just because anyone teaches a topic doesn't make them an expert. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't want to stand here like I am the queen of self-awareness. And then when y'all get around me, you think, well, you know, she's not very self-aware. It's quite possible that I'm not very self-aware <laughs> about certain things. Um, but I, I want you to know that it is my desire to be self-aware. Um, you know, it is my desire. A lot of times if I feel like I've miscommunicated with you or hurt your feelings, I will go back and then I'll say, please tell me. Like, I want to hear. Um, but I will say that self-awareness for me, as I've grown in it, like what I have realized in it is I used to see myself as a very, I didn't have a lot of personal boundaries for lack of a better word. And so everything was, everything, every relationship in my life could change or affect the way that I saw myself. So if someone else over here was angry and yelling at me, they, you know, they could affect and change who I was and how I felt about myself. You know, if a client said no to me and didn't want to buy, that would change and affect the way 
that I felt about myself in that moment. But the more self-aware that I become and the more open I become to the process of self-awareness, the more I'm able to more establish exactly who I am, then the freer I become in interactions with other people. So I don't know if that is helpful, but it's like there's something, the reason I draw that up, because it's kind of the way that I see it. I used to see myself um, blurred. Like I didn't see myself that way. It's like now that I see myself more defined as far as who I am, it makes everything else more defined around me versus things being so fluid and allowing other people and their reactions and their feelings to affect who I am. It's not because... I think I'm so awesome. It's because I'm aware of my strengths. I'm aware of my weaknesses. I'm aware that I do some things okay and I don't do some things okay. But I want to improve. So a lot of times when we get into conflict in a relationship or with a client or with an agent, we're not really willing to hear what we did to hurt someone else or what we did to miscommunicate to someone else because it it might, unfortunately, shape how we feel about ourselves. But if I can challenge you to really believe that actually, if I can challenge you, let's see. That's okay. Right here, the very first point. Separate your performance from your value as a person. So the problem is most people, when you receive performance feedback from FITS, you get on a coaching call, a lot of you are like shaking in your boots in intimidation because you're like, oh, he's going to evaluate my performance. And when he does that and he penetrates my performance, he, um, you know, gives a ding into my performance, it's, it, it comes right through. And because it's connected to the value of who I am, it now affects my value as a person. But if you can begin to understand your value as a person is separate from your performance, then when someone's telling you the performance of how you communicated that, the performance of how you did that, the performance of your, your, um, the way you're coming across when you're making dials or the way that you're communicating in these situations, it doesn't change the value that we see in you as a person. In fact, the only reason that someone would actually want you to improve your performance is because they really believe you have value as a person. So take that one in for a minute. Because typically we receive it in human nature. We receive that. We receive feedback on our performance as I'm not good enough. And the reality is feedback on your performance means I actually think that you're awesome and I just want to see that come out, your full potential come out. And this is a hard thing to learn because it just isn't human. It isn't natural to us. Maybe there's a few people that they feel like that's, hey, I love it. Most people don't come out of the womb with feeling like, yeah, tell me everything I'm doing wrong. Please tell me how I've miscommunicated. Please tell me how I've hurt your feelings. Please tell me, client, why you don't like me. <laughs> why you don't find me trustworthy. I mean, you know, we don't, we don't sign up for that. It's like signing up for pow, 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 pow. But when we can understand that our desire is to improve the way that we are communicating and projecting ourselves in order to get a certain, a better result in our life, and we separate that from the value of who we are as a human being. Um, it makes it easier for us to take that feedback. Um, you know, part of the way we do that is by building intentional relationship. We've talked about that a lot this morning. 
but part of that is um, because when we get around other people, it helps us um, see more about ourselves because other people, what's normal to me isn't always normal to someone else. And um, sometimes we need other people to help us be more self-aware. One of the things that Fitz and I have taught a lot about too is um, through the years is 360 reviews. You know, if you're brave enough, if you're willing enough, we have like a sheet where you can go around and talk to those that are closest to you, your closest inner circle, ask them questions um, about how they perceive you. What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? Um, you know, how, what, what are ways that you feel like I could improve? Um, you know, when you start going around to those closest to you and then you look for the themes, you got to be careful because sometimes one person's feedback will crush someone and just make you think you're a failure for the rest of your life. But you got to look for the themes across the board of where you, I've got four or five people around me telling me that um, when I'm in a home, I'm not communicating trustworthiness. Like my natural uh, way I communicate doesn't communicate trustworthiness. You know, and then you know, okay, I might need to change some of the wording that I'm using with clients. I might need to change my body language. Um, I might need to change um, everything from the way I stand back from the door when the door is there. All of these things make a difference in your ability to be successful here, but you've got to be open and willing to become self-aware and learn from it. Number three, wait a minute, I'm sorry. Oh, it got switched. Uh-oh, I don't know how to go back. Maybe I do. Yeah, <laughs> sustained motivation. Um, so that was number two. Sorry, I got switched earlier. I don't know how that happened. But number two, um, okay, sustained motivation. Okay, if this isn't key to what we do, right? Um, so it's actually part of our emotional quotient. Why is that? Um, when we struggle with daily, when we struggle with the, like Michelle was talking about, the daily activity, when we struggle with that daily motivation, it's usually connected to something that we believe about ourselves or about the system at hand, and that keeps us from, from working daily. It's just, it, it, that is rooted in some Thing that you believe about yourself or the system at hand that keeps you from doing something daily that, that you know you should be doing daily. Your, or what, what we also say around here is your why isn't big enough. So if you're someone that you feel like, that's me, I tend to work for a week or two and then I take a week or two off and I, I work for a week or two and it's just this constant herky-jerky and you can't get into the flow of momentum, you're struggling with sustained motivation. But this is an emotional issue where you need to um, kind of sit back and talk with people around you, talk with um, fits, find out what is it deep in the core of you that is struggling in order to... Um, stick to your daily routines. This is where um, having, this is why, don't you know, we talked about this already, accountability, building intentional relationships, what you put into your mind, input equals output, schedule your calendar, prioritize your work habits, um, and be patient with yourself. I, I remember, um, I, I don't even know where I heard this, but somewhere I've heard, you know, make a schedule, and if you're sticking to 80% of that schedule, you're doing pretty good. 
And I think it's a, there, there is that point where you make a schedule and we talk like everybody, like, you know, fits or some of the top leaders, we just make it sound like they're, you know, superhuman and they're bionic and they have these schedules and they never mess up and they never miss anything and nothing ever goes wrong. And that's not it at all. They just have sustained motivation. They keep going, even when they hit a little glitch or they get a little distracted or something changes. You know, Michelle Alleman had an unexpected friend birthing a baby this morning. Her schedule's a little off today, but that doesn't mean that her week is blown. But someone who has sustained motivation knows how to have a little bit of a distraction and get back on track. But if that's your struggle and you're struggling with that, then I challenge you to really go through why you're doing this business and, and, um, and go through what you believe about yourself. See, I think a lot of people come into this business with this pattern of failure. Um, they just think they have a pattern of failure in their life. Like they, they've gone through, I don't know, divorces. They've, they didn't finish college. They, they got fired from this job. They've done some other opportunity like this and it didn't work out and they ended up in debt. And so their belief about themselves and the system at hand is just really tainted. And so they get excited at the opportunity and the dream of what we've been talking about is here, but something just keeps them from doing what they know they have to do. Something keeps them from that. And it's buried somewhere deep in the complexities of what we believe about ourselves. And a lot of that is because you have that pattern. And I want to challenge you, see, our, what we believe comes from our experiences. So the things we experience in life shape what we believe. But I really want to challenge you and say you don't have to allow your experiences to control the narrative of what you believe. So for some of us, we've got to go back and go, yeah, that happened, that happened, that happened. But that doesn't mean that's what my future holds. I can change the narrative of what I believe. We talked to Michelle, I think two or three weeks ago, I just, it really was impactful when she talked about the power of affirmations and the things that we're saying to ourselves every day. Um, those affirmations are, the reason those are so powerful is that it stops the narrative of our experiences and it creates a new vision and narrative of our future. So our belief system can rise to what we see in our future. So sustained motivation is, is a challenge for you. Input equals output. You need counselors and accountability around you. You need affirmations that go against the narrative of your experiences. Um, and just be patient with yourself in the process and stick with it. Personal responsibility. Be accountable to what you say you will do. Um, this one for me really does boil down to, um, this is why, this, this one really does boil down to, in a lot of ways, not over-promising. That's why I loved what, um, and building trust with yourself. Uh, it's why I love what Michelle talked about as far as making those goals doable. I feel like sometimes we'll come out of these like huge conferences and everyone is so energized and then they're just tossing out goals, but they don't have the daily execution, the daily sustained motivation in order to get them to those goals. And so it's out there in your future, you're declaring it, you're, you're using your affirmation and I love that, but then we don't really stop and then make ourselves personally accountable or personally responsible to 
what it is that we're saying. Um, and so I, but there is some wisdom in that in the sense that you got to stop and make sure you're declaring something that is doable. And the, the importance of that is you're building trust with yourself and those around you. And I see this most, for those of you that are married couples in this business, I see this most as an issue where uh, one spouse is like, I'm going to do this, and they just don't live up to it time and time and time again. And after a while, it creates a sense of distrust in the marriage. And, um, and so I just want to say, hey, that's, a, that's an emotional quotient issue. That is an a inability for us to stop and be self-aware that we are doing that. We're constantly declaring, I'm going to do this number of appointments. I'm going to have this much business. I'm going to be this. And we're never, ever living up to it. Again, grace, being patient with yourself. There's always that room of the edges of where we didn't quite get there. But when we're doing it over and over and over again, we are, um, we are not only placing mistrust in those closest to us, but worst of all, we no longer trust ourselves. So I know, hey, I can say I'm going to, you know, start working out. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to do all these things. And we're not setting ourselves up for success. Um, so build trust with yourself by making commitments that you can deliver upon. Reporting your numbers on sales meeting every week. Um, being part of your team calls. Um, become a part of something bigger than you. That's being part of those success calls. Um, those people right now that are pushing to help Gillingham get to agency manager, the people on the Alleman squad who are pushing to help them get to national manager, that's becoming something part of something bigger than yourself. It will help motivate you to that personal responsibility. Number four, building rapport. Um, the skill with people book by Les Giblin. I'm confident it's back there on our bookshelves. We talk about it a lot. Um, it's one even I read because I can read it in like 15 minutes. It's so easy. Um, but again, when we have a, um, when we are well comfortable with who we are, um, it makes it easier to build rapport with different personality types. Um, building a lifetime connection in a short period of time is important in what we do. Um, so the biggest thing that you can do here is, I, this is what I teach my um, middle schoolers. I always teach them, you've got, you're, you spend too much time worrying about what people are thinking about you. If you will spend time thinking about how you are making someone else feel, you'll never have a problem with friends in middle school. And whenever you're having a problem, it's because you're focused on how someone else is making you feel. Okay, that's the basis of this here. If you want to build rapport, you got to focus on them, how you're making them feel. What are you, what are you learning about them and their life? Um, people are offensive in this business. They cuss you out. They'll say awful things. There's, I, we, could, we could do an episode just on stories of offensive clients, I'm sure, and get some good laughs and giggles out of it. But if you go into it that I'm going to be offended when they're behaving offensively, um, then um, you're, this goes, kind of goes back to that first point of trying to get the client that what you're looking at as the same thing. They're being offensive because they don't want you bothering them. And when you understand I'm here to help you, I'm going to push past that offense and I want to help you and your family. And um, this one is a tough one, at least maybe for me, because I think my brain is a little ADD. But um, thinking about what you what responding to what they're saying instead of what you're going to say next it's really just a, that's a real key about listening well 
Um, and the better we can listen and build rapport, the more successful you're going to be in the field. And then the fifth one is empathy. Um, you really cannot fake empathy. Empathy is the ability to see something from someone else's point of view. It's the ability to recognize their feelings and their emotions about that. Um, it's a key critical component to, um, like we're talking about getting on the same page. Usually when, when I see two people who are incapable of seeing, getting to that same page, it's because one person is incapable of empathy. Um, you, you just have to be able to recognize and validate people's feelings. Um, it doesn't, um, obviously there's facts, but they're still validating people's feelings. And um, you cannot fake empathy, um, be authentic. You also have a right to your feelings. Listen well, treat others the way you want to be treated, and know yourself. I'm a big believer, and we talked about this um, some when we did our spring forward, but DISC, Myers-Briggs, Strength Finder 2.0 kind of goes back to this concept of the more clearly that you can define yourself, the easier it is to help you define someone else, not because we are labeling them, but because we want to understand them. You know, I mean, it really is, if you kind of break it down, it's like if you're speaking two different languages, you know, if you've got a French speaker and a Chinese speaker and you're asking them to communicate, you know, we're not surprised that it's hard for them to communicate because they're speaking two different languages. But sometimes we don't realize it's exactly what happens within the, the English language because we, we, the, way, the people that we are, we're different people. And so we just communicate in different ways. But the more we can begin to understand how and why someone communicates differently than you, the easier it becomes to communicate with them. Um, so that would be empathy. Okay. So here's my challenge for you. What is your pattern? The consistent message that prevents forward progress. So as we've gone through this today, again, as I said in the beginning, this isn't about like, you know, all of us could go through each and every one of these things and talk about ways that we have failed and, and not done well. Um, but the question is, what stands out as the pattern in your life right now that is keeping you from forward progress? So here are some questions or ideas to help you think about this. Um, and this could be something like when you get with, if you open yourself up to self-awareness, a lot of times people, I don't know if y'all know what I mean when I say you're where they wear the message and others are responding to it, whether you know it or not. Um, you know, some people are just kind of naturally a little pessimistic. Um, and that's okay because sometimes like pe pessimism typically is someone who is kind of able to um, see risk aversion or see around corners, but an unhealthy space of that is when we operate then in constant pessimism. And, but sometimes we like wear that. Do y'all know what I mean? I mean, I know you do because you get around people um, and you're like, Hmm, I don't, they're not very positive about anything. Um, they're just like, Oh yeah, well that's kind of, Oh, and you, they're just, and um, people were wearing it. And then you may not realize that you're projecting that and it's costing you. The problem is, is it, it's painful to hear that. And this goes back to that first point, but you've got to understand 
just because you wear a little pessimism doesn't mean your life doesn't have value, a hopeful future, doesn't mean you don't have gifts and talents that are offered to the world, but it means that it might be preventing those things from coming out. Your hidden potential isn't fully being revealed. So when you begin to look at it that way, it should make you go, oh my gosh, well, I want to find out fast. Is there something that I'm doing that's preventing that hidden potential from being released? Instead of, does everybody think I'm like this? Because who cares? I mean, at the end of the day, let's say you are Mr. Pessimistic and you don't know it. And you find out you're Mr. Pessimistic. Is your life over? It might hurt, but your life isn't over. In fact, if nothing else, it's probably just begun. So, but you have to have that perspective of that hurt. The problem is most of us in the past, when we've been told these things, it like it goes back to, it's affected the value of who you see as a human being. So you run from it and you push it away and you're, and it's made you harder and bitter instead of better. Um, and so I'm not, I'm not insinuating this culture of we just start telling everyone hard truths and that's not what we do around here. We're very gracious and we love you right where you are. But this is more about you deciding, I want to take responsibility for where I am and become more self-aware and I want to move forward. This is your own individual race. Remember, I said that at the very beginning. What do you hear when you go to make dials or show up on someone's doorstep? Just take just take, okay, just, what is the word I'm looking for? Take inventory. That's what I'm looking for. Take inventory of what's going on in here when you're making dials. Just stop and listen to it for a minute. There might be a clue of what's holding you back. Are you overconfident? Some people can be like super overconfident and no one is really um, drawn to that? Are you projecting pridefulness? Are you easily offended? Um, do you feel like you're not enough? Do you feel like you're not smart? What is the narrative? Because that message is a lie and it's creating an illusion. It's like I just said, like to find out I'm a person who's easily offended. When I get around other people, I'm easily offended. That's, that's an illusion that everyone dislikes you. right? I mean, to feel like I walked into a room and this person said this and it offended me. And this person said this. See, people aren't thinking about you that much. They're not. As again, I'm going back to my middle schoolers. Like they get out of the car the other night. I was dropping them off and they were all supposed to wear neon yellow or neon colors. Well, of course, my two boys that I'm dropping off are in neon, but not many people are. And they're like, oh my God, no one's in neon. Oh my God. You know, I'm like, seriously, no one else is thinking about what you're wearing. They're thinking about what they are wearing. This is junior high kids. Like, get over yourself and get out of the car. Okay, now granted, they're still worried. I get it. But I'm trying now at a young age to break the lie, to break the illusion so they don't operate it in their whole life, that worried about what everyone else is thinking. Everyone in that room doesn't dislike you and hate you. Everyone is for you. Um, or the people that matter are for you. Let's just say it that way. I realize that some people aren't, but the people that matter are for you. If they're truly offensive and trying to be offensive, forget them, move on. They're not, they're not stopping you from forward progress. It causes you to focus on yourself, not others. I just made that point. If you can identify it, you can defeat it. 
So if you can identify what is that pattern, what is that message, what is it that's holding me back on these five components or something in each five component or which one is the most important right now that I need to focus upon. If you can identify it, you can begin to defeat it. That doesn't start, amen, like today, everyone's like, oh, I'm free, it's all done, I'm totally fine, tell me anything I need to. Look, if you guys were to get on today and be like, this was terrible what you did today, and all I had were 20 comments of how I sucked today, okay, it would hurt my heart, I'm not gonna lie, I'm still human and so are you. But I would go back and watch the video and I'd try to figure it out. Not because I need to be a great communicator, but because I wanna help you. Like these things have changed me. And so I want to be able to communicate in a way that it can change you and change your life. But I have to work at that. So it's the same thing when you're making dials and you're going on appointments. You got to work at it and work towards improvement because you care about the client because you want to be successful at this. And so making the commitment to identify what it is and know that it's a process, but I can begin to defeat it when I put people around me who are supporting me, when I pick good input so that what's coming out is good, when I decide that I'm gonna go against the narrative of my experiences and declare what I want in my future. All of those things are helpful when it comes down to breaking the patterns that are holding us back. Can I help you? Sure would like to. If you're an agent with us, please go to timewithfits.com. That's timewithfitz.com to schedule a time when I can help you directly. Just pick a topic, pick a time, and we'll meet. If you're not an agent with the Fitz Group, I encourage you to go to thefitzgroup.org slash contact. Again, that's thefitzgroup.org slash contact and send us a message. See you next week.